Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. I'm Chuck. I'm John. What's up? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I always love when that little addition comes in because it means John's back on the show for everybody. John's back on the show. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Living the life. Yeah. It's been, I know it's been a little You rough. are living the life. A life. That's for sure. A yeah. life. Yeah, last week we uh, we dedicated an episode to uh, a friend of yours that recently passed. So I thought we I wouldn't we'd be remiss if we didn't check in with you and and make sure you're doing all right. You were part of the procession and everything, I guess. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was nice. I, I actually didn't. I wasn't even uh, notified uh, of the procession going to the mortuary from the uh, from the medical examiner's office. Mm-hmm, um, right. and uh so i showed up to work and they were basically like hey um we got a car ready for you it's nice it's washed um uh, starts at this time and ready to go how fucking great is going to a division that, that comes and does this for you or not division an agency that does this for you because they know that you used to work at that agency and that you would probably be upset if you didn't get to go and they just got it all ready for you yeah no it's huge i even i mean last, even last night i got an email and hey, like they basically they were updated on the funeral services or whatever. So now they're adjusting my schedule. I didn't even have to ask anyone. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's called taking care of your people. Yeah. You don't see that that often anymore. Well, let's so let's back Uh-oh. out before we get into that. This is why we're here. You are now, I think, finally home. Oh man, right? I don't even. You know, it's funny. It's like I, I even, fucking uh, hope so. <laughs> No, this this is it. This is it for me. I, right. I can't I can't do this anymore. Number one, if I had an option to be <laughs> out, I, and that that would be okay. I would, but but with this, as far as this agency is concerned, with with the uh, with the retirement, with the money, uh, with the schedule, what seems to be like a uh, normally functioning police department. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time believing I'm going anywhere. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about that. We can uh, we can get into however much you want. So let we can review kind of your journey for those who are just joining us. John, uh, if you haven't gone back and listened to John and I started this show, um, God, a couple of years ago now, and then uh, subsequent to COVID and and me moving out of state and John uh, getting into some serious shit uh, that he had to t- you know uh, take care of at work and new family and stuff. Uh, Chuck came on board. Uh, as our new co-host and John will come back every once in a while and check in with us. But uh, you moved up here near me to uh, the Northern Idaho panhandle area. What, like a year and a half ago now? Um, I think we're, at, we're definitely at two years. Two years. That's been That's weird. Cause I'm almost at three mm. years. Yeah. yeah. I'm coming yeah, up. You're right. Years. It has been I'm up on two years. Two years. Yep. Yeah. December, the end of December will be two years. Like actually two years. Right, because I and, just went out when you left to go up there. Yeah, I just got injured, so yeah. So you came up here, and uh, I don't know how much you want to get into, but you you found a new agency and and uh, discovered that uh, small town police work uh, has just as many problems as as big city police work. Sometimes only the the city council and the city officials and the administration is uh is a bit handles it a bit differently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll get into whatever you guys want to know. I, I mean, no, I this, this is you, man. Yeah, I don't work there anymore, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess I kind of start this off by uh, when when I had first left uh, the LA area. You know, honestly, I kind of felt like going to somewhere that's smaller and not as much crime, if any, would be a better pace, you know, <laughs> for, I mean, for my family, it was nice, but, yeah, right. uh, but, but it was definitely not for me. Like I just, you know, as far as the pace is concerned, I, you know, there was some stuff going on here, but, but not, not a whole lot. What I found in the beginning was, um, uh, that they were almost blind to legitimate 
crime or the criminal element that, that was here. And I think that a lot of that had to do with just not knowing, not knowing how to recognize certain things. Um, and then other things I just felt like they didn't want to address. Um, and right. I, I think really... I was going to say last time we spoke <clears throat> in that uh, update, I think I asked you that question. Is the caliber of police work different in a smaller agency as opposed to a bigger agency because of the calls, like the amount of time an officer has on, like say an officer has five years on at the agency that you just left, as opposed to being in a big city five years on, it's going to be a different caliber of officer and you're going to see more things, right? But sometimes it doesn't always equate, but I think I asked you that question last time and you were going to wait to answer. And I think you're answering it right now. Yeah. So basically I think you can do fucking probation or a training phase in LA and you got a 20 year cop here. Um, so it's, it's depending on the division that you work in. Um, it's just, it's just not a lot going on necessarily call for service wise. However, right. um, the volume, mean, huh? the volume, right? Yeah, the volume is just not there. Uh, right. however, it's a different type of criminal element that is kind of <laughs> up in these parts. And that's more like, uh, cartel related, um, smuggling, whether that's human trafficking or narcotics or, you know, guns, things like that. Um, you got to remember that a lot of this stuff starts from, you know, the Southern border, California, Mexico, it works its way up through the state. And then, you know, you start to get to these Northern states and in Northern Idaho, you have a panhandle and that's the shortest landmass between here and Montana. So right. why, why not cross hmm. in a panhandle then, you know, a, go through the whole freaking state on the South and does just doesn't make sense. The risk isn't worth the reward at that point. Um, Well, if you think about it, right, you can come in from Seattle, cross the state of Washington where, you know, half that shit's legal. And then when you get to the panhandle where people take that shit seriously, still you can cross it in less than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, if you know the certain, if you know times of, you know, schedules, you know, I mean, the, the agency that controls the highways out here, or ISP, hopefully we don't have any sm- drug smugglers listening to this, um, they're, they're <laughs> off at like 2 a.m. Like, they, oh, they, shit. there's no one on the road for hours. And other wow. agencies are going to pick up the highway. Um, right. Sheriff's Department, as as, County yeah. Mounties. <clears throat> but as far as interdiction goes, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, it's a free ride, at least through the state. So, um, so I started... Uh, you know, I was decently knowledgeable with, with the narcotic game and all that other stuff. So I kind of switched um, my my thought process from like street level interdiction to, you know, legitimate highway interdiction and, and things like that. Started going to more classes for things like that. And and what I started to find was, is that, um, you know, we have a sm- we have a smaller town that's on the border, uh, you know, of a state that basically is a major city. You know, you got Spokane not that far away. Right, right. Uh, and Spokane's a city, city. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Gotham, dude. Yeah, and Sinaloa Cartel runs that, and you got a lot of stuff coming over the border. But, but having a town right over a border is actually really crucial to people like that because it's a nice little stop point, you know, for mm-hmm. whatever, like stash houses, and you know, or if they got to switch cars, or you know, whatever the fuck they're doing, it's nice. Not to mention, there's a bunch of truck stops like right on that borderline too. So, so you right. got people stopping and what? Anyways, you know how that goes. So. Right. So I started um, unveiling a criminal element that was deeply rooted into this city. Um, not, I shouldn't say just me. It, it was myself and then a few people other actually that, that kind of saw what I was doing. They hopped on. Laterals. Huh? Laterals. Yeah, actually laterals. Um, and then um, two homegrown people oh, here that were working like their version of a specialized assignment was kind of like, how the right. find these? And so yeah. you know, that was kind of like some teachable moment stuff. And then um so anyways that's kind of how it all started happening and then once i started to get really really deep into this um you know some things started happening at work um man honestly like i'm trying to remember what the first thing that caught my attention was but but i feel like it it was more <laughs> like hey look uh we're, i'm coming to you with a huge problem we have in this city it's being s- deeply affected because of the narcotics that are coming in and we have nothing in place to combat it and um when everybody else does whether it's good or bad, they still got right. bad. And that's when I started getting a lot of the, you know, excuses for why we're not doing it. Uh, hard nose. Uh, they stopped sending me to certain trainings. That's weird. Um, yeah, just just weird <clears throat> stuff. Just weird stuff. Um, and if anyone knows me, 
you know, I, I take my job seriously and if, and I don't, I don't allow myself, especially when it comes to my job, like if I'm going to commit to something where that's a specialized unit or creating a unit or whatever it is, I'm going to half-ass it. And, and I think what was happening was they were forcing me to half-ass what I was trying to do. They weren't giving me enough resources or us enough resources to actually do what we had to do, which really fucking pissed me off. Um, and I let them know it. Um, so, you know, as, as we all know, goes over really well with administrators. Yeah. You know, and here's the problem. And, and this is you're like the favorite child of every agency you've worked for. I don't know about the favorite, maybe to some people, but not everybody. No, that's definitely sarcastic. <laughs> um, you know, so, and, and what's sad is, is you have, you know, people that are homegrown here and then are now captains, chief, lieutenant. You know, number one, I've got more time on than them. Number two, uh, well, some of them. And then number two, again, you know, they might say, oh, look at look at the bars I have on my on my collar. I, I got 15 years here. OK. Doesn't equate to shit as far as I'm concerned. And honestly, as far as, you know, L.A. is concerned, like I, as we all know, just because you got bars doesn't mean you got experience. So and exactly they give the bars to the people with the least experience the because least experience. they they promote quickly because they're administrative cops, yes, not cops. right. Yeah. And they got degrees and shit like that. Yeah, they're not true leaders. So, right. um, not to say all of them, but, but, but a lot of them, especially nowadays. So, uh, I, so I want to the military people listening and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but think of like a West point graduate who's never seen combat showing up and telling a gunny with 20 years deployment experience what the fuck to do and the gunny's going listen shithead yeah well i've seen it i fucking i know john's seen it i've fucking seen it a boot ass butter bar comes up and he tries to tell him what to do and then you get the salty staff sergeant or a fucking salty gunnery sergeant's like hey son sit the fuck down why don't you learn what we do first right yeah and they get all angry and he's like why don't you go talk to xo and the xo's like sit the fuck down watch them let them teach you yeah so they get humbled real quick so i mean that's kind of where so that's kind of where all my issues kind of started because like I said, I'm not going to just sit back and allow that stuff to happen. So I kept pressure on them. Um, I, I should. Yeah, I definitely wasn't disrespectful in a way of like, I know better than you. Um, ultimately, it did turn into that because they kind of forced me into that <laughs> corner. But but in the beginning, it did not um, for, for quite a while. Um, they were giving us issues uh, on my search warrants, um, me- meaning like just making bad calls. So <clears throat> um, and this wasn't just the department. This is the prosecutor's office as well. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, even working a, a short-term case that I had uh, where I wrote a warrant, uh, warrant, you know, they're basically giving me shit about the warrant. I basically say, you know, fuck yourself. I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to get this shit signed. Weird. It gets signed. You know, they're basically telling me how, what I need in my warrant as far as department, you know, lieutenant, sergeants, this is what you need, this is what you did, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how many warrants have you written? No, you don't need all this. All, all you need is probable cause to get here, da, 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 whatever. So I ended up getting assigned. Cool. We served the warrant. Uh, we ended up getting trafficking amounts of methamphetamine and a bunch of guns. He was a convicted felon. And he was not home. He was in Florida. So we took advantage of that. And um, long story short, uh, I can't even make this up. He, he had a giant pile of meth sitting on, on his ID inside his room. Um, <laughs> so we had to put that in or whatever. You know, DA's office. They didn't file on, they didn't want to file on anything uh, because they Why? said he wasn't home and we can't prove anyone wasn't there while he was gone. I mean, just, just, I mean, just pathetic bullshit like that. Mm. And so, um, so I had a, I had a, I, I wasn't even an argument. Like I actually just went into the DA's office that didn't file this case. I was like, Hey, you know, and she knew I was upset, but I was, I was respectful. I had another officer with me. Um, her name, <laughs> if anyone knows her. And, um, <laughs> Name so uh, dropping. Whatever, I don't care. Um, so basically, she's she's the type, and I and I verbatim, you know, she's giving me the runaround on why she didn't want to file on a case, and I literally asked her, I was like, hey, look, so you're telling me if I have a reason to stop, you know, some dude walking down the street, and he go, and I and I get consent to go into his pockets, and I pull out a bag of meth, and he says these aren't my pants, you're not going to file on that, and she literally looked right right in my face and goes, yeah, I'm not filing on that. So. This Why? is the type of because this is the type of uh, you can call it whatever you want, but this is the type of stuff that we're dealing with out here, um, and that translates into the department, right? Because DAs have to work with departments, departments have to work with DAs, but you know if they're cut from the same cloth, they're going to get the same shit. So, right. 
long story short, um, you know, I had this conversation with her. Uh, she got pretty disrespectful in, in the meeting, um, you know, mocking that I was from California. Uh, and ultimately, wow. I, that I, we, I, my, my partner and I left. Um, I went right back to the captain was like, hey, look, just so you know, this conversation, I wouldn't say got heated, but she got super disrespectful. Like she knew I was, she knew I was serious, but I was never disrespectful with her. Um, you know, I just got my point across and that was it. But this is what she did. Um, cool, it'll be taken care of. Shit, I got written up for that. Uh, what not even yeah not even yeah man i should have i should i didn't honestly quite know what we're talking about today i kind of forgot i would i would have had the right of in front of me i would have fucking read it to you but but basically um basically some caveat to the uh man what what did they try to get me or what did they try to get me with conduct unbecoming it was conduct unbecoming yeah basically keeping relationships yeah you know with you know that's the catch-all right that's what they're gonna do that's they got nothing else better to do, and they knew there was nothing else. So whatever. So it's like arresting someone for one forty-eight. Yeah, but when they didn't swing. Problem. But yeah, but that yeah, takes yeah. care of problem. So, um, <laughs> uh, so so yeah, so that so they write me up for that, and it's kind of like what the fuck? I battle that write up, even though it was chicken shit. You know, still like I'm not, I'm okay. Like I'm, look, I got a stack of write ups. I'm, I'm okay with taking write ups that I deserve. I'm, I'm t- like it comes in the career, especially if you're a proactive cop and. <laughs> And you know you're doing you're doing good things out there. It happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. A, I'm totally okay with taking shit like that on the chin, even days, whatever. I've done it. So, but when you write me up for something that legitimately was not my fault, or I didn't do anything wrong, I'm not letting it slide. So <coughs> I requested for months. I requested to sit in front of the DA, like their boss, to be like, "Hey, this is a lie. She lied about you know blah blah this blah blah that." They wouldn't set it up. They wouldn't set it up. Wow. Did you file so, a formal Well, we were going that route, um, but ultimately I was still getting kind of screwed at work. So, you know, meaning with, you know, do they switch my schedule? Like they were switching my schedule. They, they weren't, they were giving people new cars that were that fucking had, retaliation, bro. Yeah. Lower serial numbers than me. Um, they, like I said, they stopped training. Uh, they, they completely stopped letting me work with the marshals, the DEA. Um, another special enforcement team out here in Coeur d'Alene. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was a giant fucking shit show and they were writing me up for everything known to man. So like that, uh, you know, I, I dropped, a I got into a, a little scuffle with a dude with some tweaker. And, uh, when I had him on the ground, I was cuffing him. And as I got him cuffed, he grabbed my gun belt and pulled on it. And I basically, all I did was smack his hand away and kind of push the side of his head into the ground. And I was like, you touch my gun belt again, I'm gonna send you to the hospital. All I said with with an f bomb in there <clears throat> wrote me up. Let me guess, they wrote you up for the f bomb. Yeah, they wrote me up for fuck. Uh, I explained <laughs> to them. I'm like, dude, like I've seen what dudes can do, handcuffed, rotating belts. Like, you know, th- I was like, and and then the captain, captain, um, he uh, <laughs> I can love he it. Sitting, sitting sitting in a in a meeting when I, after this write up, you know, I have my rebuttal in front of them, and they're trying to tell me. Public's perception, public's perception. And I go, okay, so then what would you have done? And he goes, well, I, I would have took my taser out and I would have tased him. And I go, okay. It's even worse. So, yeah. yeah. So let me right. get this straight. You're going to use force tased, instead of right. giving him verbal commands. Right. So you would have tased a guy, handcuffed, on the ground, face down, and said, whatever, stop grabbing my gun belt. Whatever you were going to say while he's just getting, while he's taking a five second ride, that's going to look great on camera. Right, but you didn't right. drop the f bomb. Exactly. Yeah, and he's going say, to when he gets the voltage. <laughs> and I go and I go. I had every. I could have articulated up and down. I could have dropped an elbow right into that dude's chin and broke it if I wanted to, and and I didn't. All I did was pin him, and said what I said. And guess what happened? It all stopped. It all went away. Mm-hmm. So you right. don't, so you don't think that if if there was an issue with this in a jury trial because they're trying to say oh but in a jury trial they're right. going to lose them, blah blah. Like first of all, that's not the crime. That's not what we're here for. But if they if they brought this up during a jury trial, you don't think if I explained what the potential outcome could have been and then what I chose to do, you don't think a reasonable person is going to side with that? Let's let's start you know, with you go to a jury trial. What about what you asked. did is a defense for anything that any criminal act he committed? It's not right. So, but it, any okay. DA worth their salt when the when the defense attorney starts to go down the line of questioning is going to say objection, you're on irrelevance, right? That's yeah. Yeah, well, again, that's stuff. another issue with the DA's office out here, man. They're fucking in their own world. But, but what's but, what's crazy is that 
you have supervisors who are trying to like think like a, uh, an attorney and we are told as cops we're not supposed that's not our job is to not think of what's going to happen like at court it's what's happening right now what are the laws being broken right now we are arrest and it's up to the later to the the attorneys to decide what happens it's not up to us to try to foresee what's going to happen and then try to react on that beforehand it's like putting the cart before the horse you know what i mean yeah, that's when bad decisions can get made. And, you know, like, and I kind of remember thinking this way, too, when I was a younger cop, like I kind of cared more about certain cases now that I look at that are just that are just think about it. It's just dumb. You know, like do your job, arrest people what you need to arrest people for. And, you know, if they don't file on it, that's on them. That I mean, you did you right. did your job, do it thoroughly. And then ultimately they have a decision to make. And so if mm-hmm. they make the decision, great. If they don't, it is what it is. You can't hold that shit to heart. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so anyways. So, you know, they wrote me up for that. Uh, they wrote me up for um, some dude coming up and talking shit to me in a parking lot, literally minding my own business. The guy just walked to my window, started talking shit. I, go, I told him to go sit in his fucking car. Um, wrote me up for that. Uh, I mean, you think just, that was a plant? No. No. Um, I got uh, over about a year and a half. Uh, three people had. Uh, <laughs> actually, it's two, but but we're gonna say three people had complained, not even a formal complaint, just called. We're talking about three people in a year and a half, just called and said this officer didn't use his blinker. Uh, they wrote me up for that, and again, they're writing me. Sh- this is they're writing me up for this a year and a half later. Um, wow. One of them, one of, them <clears throat> one of the three, was a dude that actually ran from me uh, in a car. Uh, and got him stopped finally and blah, blah, blah. So he came in to file a formal complaint because he said while I was basically chasing him, I didn't use my blinker. They used that against me. Um, right what the fuck? Dude, I mean, and this is even after I was exonerated from that, from that uh, incident. One. Right. You know, like, it's, I mean, just, just petty bullshit. I mean, they're fucking retarded. Dude. They're dumb. So I was going to say, one, why didn't you sue? You know, was it just because you were wanted to save face because you want to leave and just not have that hanging over your head when you went to a different agency? Um, well, I had a retaliation thing going. It's still kind of going. It's kind of on a pause right now. Um, but but at the time, you know, towards the end of this, my goal was to just get out. Like, why why start some right. shit storm when I could just leave? Right. Um, when I don't I don't necessarily want to go to another department again. But but if the best thing I, I have is, you know, anyways. Um, I was just trying to leave. Uh, there was one tipping point um, where there was a uh, there was a deputy, uh, and I'm going to say his name because he's a lying piece of shit, and he has been ever since I've known him. But uh, his, his last name's so if anyone knows him, sorry, but not sorry. Um, he he got a, he got into uh, he got into a little bit more than he could chew in the city of Post Falls when he works for another state's sheriff's department with a some female in his car that might have been his girlfriend nobody knows and long story short i mean this is to make a very long story short he was putting things out on the radio that would constitute any officer showing up ready to go full-blown in a fight and so myself and a few other officers get there and snatch this dude up this guy that he was dealing with snatch him up literally nothing happens except for as i'm putting this guy in cuffs uh, he's a little resistive, but we put him over the hood of the car, cuff him up. Uh, funny part is there was another officer that actually grabbed this dude by the back of his head and literally slammed him on the hood of the car. Wasn't even me. I was holding on to the guy's arm. Uh, a female suspect involved gets in my face because this deputy didn't want to touch her. I had to launch her across the hood of the car because she's literally screaming in my face and spit hit my face. It, it was a it was a shit show. He he put out a health call, and. Um, Long story short, as I'm leaving, I'm being told that this deputy is on the phone with my command staff talking about an excessive use of force. And I was like, what? I was like, I, I didn't even, I grabbed the dude's arm. Anyways. Wow. Came back into work that night. Boom. Paid <clears> me <throat> for, for an excessive use of force allegation. Um, now, mind you, this video, this video was already reviewed right after the incident by a supervisor and was shown that there was nothing there. But the department thought, nah, we got him and we're going to fire him for this. So they, wow. they put me out. And it wasn't until I think two and a half, almost three weeks later, they finally brought me back and exonerated me from everything that they knew was actual chicken shit and lies. Uh, 
less than 24 hours after the actual incident even took place. Uh-huh. So, so while I was out, I was, you know, getting my stuff together for a lawsuit. I was getting my stuff together to get out of this police department and all this stuff. And this is not even, and I'm not even going over the things that I've seen other officers and command staff do, like the same captain I talked about serving a warrant. He was impatient and he just crawled through a window without just, he just crawled through a window on, on a dope warrant. Number one, captain has no business being on, on a search warrant of mine or any search warrant for that matter. Unless you're such a small agency that literally he's a body. He's a working captain. Right. Yeah. Uh, second, um, he thinks he's Captain America. And wow. because we were getting ready to boot the door in because the guy had changed the locks, uh, he decided to just crawl through a window that was to go to the front door, which was barricaded by two assholes inside. What lost the fuck? I lost my mind about that one, too. So anyways, I'm trying to paint this picture of a giant, <clears throat> though, right? Um, and, and then how they treat officers that would ultimately start to fight back uh, against this. So ultimately what it took was, was me literally getting a connection to the mayor. And it was like, hey, just so you know, you got some stuff going on at this department that is all bad with how they're treating people. Um, you know, they, they've lost, I think at the time before I had left, they had lost, I think eight cops, six, six to eight cops before within a year or something like that, year and a half. Um, wow. For a smaller agency, that's obviously clearly there. There's a cancer there. There's an issue. Um, and, uh, so I reached out to the mayor. I was like, "Hey, look, you got issues." And he invited me to his house, and we had a long conversation at his house. And was like, "You know, this is what's going on." Blah blah blah. Wow. Uh, I was like, "I already know they're getting ready to. They already have an IA on me for something else that they actually haven't even informed me of." Um, but I had enough connections within the department um to know you know to have enough people respect me to be like hey dude just so you know they're gonna try and throw you under the bus again for some bullshit um so basically what i told the mayor was hey hey look this is what's going on this is what i want i want out i don't want anything but out and so just let me leave um and basically that's he did that uh he did that for me everything literally i went to work pretty much i think it was like two days later and everything fucking disappeared everything disappeared no one would even look at me fucking sideways. Um, you have to also remember these, there's also allegations from other officers that are, so there's other things going on. There was retaliation stuff going on with a female officer. Uh, there was an issue with another lateral that they had said he had lied about things um, when he clearly did not. And he had the proof to show it. Um, and then they still decided to tell him he needed to resign in lieu of termination. Uh, this, this is a huge thing that, you know, this is a this is number one this is huge in law enforcement in general but when you don't have a union too like this agency didn't have a union and so there oh, was shit, no really one, yeah th- there was no one to protect anyone so these people right. just run around doing whatever they want literally whatever they want and um you know so now you get a case where like, a good cop in trying to do the right thing telling them respectfully hey look you guys don't know what you're doing you guys need some help them not accepting the help and them basically being like you know what no our way or the highway, this is the way. And they're lucky. This place, dude, Coast Falls is lucky that they don't have more people that want to kill cops because the training is crap. Uh, They don't support their police officers. And, uh, you know, it's it's all bad news. It's it's just all bad. Do you you think a lot of these issues stemmed from one of three things? Uh, Do you think a lot of it, it stemmed from you know, uh, just inexperience and, you know, you're uncovering things that they're really inexperienced on and they really don't know how to proceed and they don't want to like the top people at your department and the DA's office. Or do you think it was more of like, um, you just uncovered something and they don't want you to uncover it because other people are complicit in it. Maybe, Um, maybe I wouldn't go towards corruption first. I would never remember the razor, never blame on malice. Never blame on malice that which you can blame on stupidity or incompetence, right? Yeah. So I didn't hear you say I didn't hear you say corruption. Sorry. I, I, so yeah, I wouldn't. Ca- oh, I didn't. But I kind of leaned towards it. Oh, 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 I mean, I I do believe I can clear after everything I've been through. There is a corrupt lieutenant, and there is a corrupt captain, and there is a corrupt chief. There, a hundred percent. Now, what level of corruption are you talking about? Doing illegal things? I mean, well, d- yeah, you have to define corruption, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, morally corrupt? Are they yeah. economically corrupt? Are they just bad you know like is he bad. getting 50 percent off at the chevy dealership or is he getting kickbacks from a cartel right or is he like, is he just you know in, so these people in the pocket of business owners and city councilmen who can tell him what to do because he wants to be chief someday right there's 
there's lots of different levels of influence, right, that people can have. And yeah. that's, that's the hard part to suss out. Well, you know, I, I later found out. So, yes, I think in the beginning, this, there was a lot of ignorance. Um, however, you know, that stuff kind of goes out the window when 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 you've got not just me, you got a lot of people with lots of different experience, more experience than me coming in saying the same things I'm saying. And so now it's a matter of we're just not listening to you anymore. Like we hear you right. guys and you might be right because we've also been told that we were right, but they were just going to choose not to do anything about certain things. Um, so then you have that. So you have that. Right. And that comes uh, from the city. Well, yeah. So, well, hold on. I mean, yes and no. I think at some point it'll come from the city because the city is looking at numbers going, what the fuck is going on with this town? So Keep I did find out that there was definitely pressure from the city to the command staff basically going, oh, man, you know, what's going on? Like, this is a small bedroom community. Why is all this stuff happening? Why are all these people getting caught in our city doing this? Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, what? shame on you as a leader. You know to to then come back to the cops that are trying to do a good job and then punish them because the city wants this place to look like something that it actually really isn't. Um, th that's right. not a leader to me. And realistically, they have lost sight of what they have chose to do this job for. You know, people don't move to cities to be like, oh my gosh, crime rate's so high, I'm going there. You know, like, that doesn't make right. any sense. You know, I mean, your job... Yeah, one, the, one of the biggest factors, if not the biggest factor, people move certain places is because they want to feel safe. Okay, well, who keeps you safe? The fucking police. So, so, so shame on command staff or any police officer that thinks that, oh, well, you know, the city said this, so, you know, we just need to back off and then punish people for it. Fuck yourself. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I will never stand for that. Here, here's what I will say coming from a, a smaller agency um, as opposed to, some of you guys who have come from bigger agencies, uh, there is a level of you're under a microscope, right? Like when you go to bigger agencies, the chief has no idea who you are. The mayor has no idea who you are. The city council has no idea who you are, right? right? When you go to smaller agencies, you might actually, there's a high likelihood you could pull over the mayor. You, you know, the mayor might know who you are. The, the chief will know your name. He'll know you on, he'll know your face. He'll know you on site, right? Um, and and it can be it can be difficult to operate under that type of a microscope. Uh, there's a lot of that tactical in progress stuff that you're talking about that, like you're saying, you know, you do a, you do probation at a big agency and you've got a 20 year career at a small agency. Right. But yeah, at the same yeah. time, the flip side that you find is we would have guys that would come up to our agency from bigger agencies. And they would only know how to take a face page. They wouldn't know how to do an investigation because they had spent three or four or five years just on patrol, shagging calls, doing face pages, and they had no follow-up skills. They And it wasn't that they couldn't be taught it. It's just that they didn't know it, right? So there's there's that job. level of things too, right? So you right. got to take those things into account as being a totally different environment. But then some small agencies are really run well because they have good quality people. And some smaller agencies don't for lack of a better term yeah i would no. i would say that one of the most important things that you have you you have and that other cops need who are maybe struggling at their agency or looking at you know yourself right you know what you want you know who you are and you know what kind of a cop you are i was told when i would butt heads with i, I had a guy come from a bigger agency come and go to my smaller agency and he looked at me and he goes dude you'd be so much better suited at a bigger agency because like the things you do, the way you think, that's that's big city, like not small town, right? You're and I was like, Yeah, okay, I get it. I grew up in a big city, so that's my mindset. Right. So mm -hmm. I had to adjust, but it didn't make it any more easy or difficult. Sure. You're saying that now you had to go through this level of like swampy bullshit to find out that this agency what it, they present well, right? But but yeah, it's not they as very well. Sure. Yeah. And right. yeah. I, I, without mentioning anybody, we both know other people that have gone to that agency and are flourishing, right? And I think it's and bouncing. <laughs> well, time. so that's the thing. Like, if you got to bounce, bounce like you did because you know this isn't a good fit for me. And rather than ice skate uphill my entire career. It's easier just to punch out. Now, 
if that means you leave some scorched earth behind, sometimes you leave some scorched earth behind. You know, the feelings are going to get hurt. That's just, I, that's just I'm actually really impressed by you too because I know you very well, and I think the way you handled it was probably really mature. And if it was to be like ten years ago, I think it would have been handled a lot differently. And I think he really thought it through, and you know, well, he's a dad. About it. He's got two kids. Yeah. He's got two kids. He's, he's grown up. He's he's more mature. No, but like the way you thought about it is a completely different mindset. You're like, okay, you get your ducks in a row instead of just like coming at it like hot and emotional, right? You thought it through methodically, and that's really what needs to happen because an agency like this who's willing to hide things to brush it under the rug to make their city look better and do that whole like Comstat BS hiding where you're like trying to fluff up the numbers and get rid of all your dangerous crimes and put them to like a part two instead of a part one, right. you know. And it's kind of padding the numbers to be like, look, we're doing better, but you're really not. You're just changing things and hiding things and playing a sleight of hand. And I feel like that was happening here because they don't want the backlash. They don't want the kickback. They just want to keep their easy career like they've had going for such a long time. And then you have officers coming around right. and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't what we do here. Stop it. We don't know right. how to handle this shit. And, you know, as a cop, you should. If you go to another agency or you, you start at your original agency and you think it's one thing and you realize it's another, you got to have the maturity and the foresight to say, okay, this is your agency. This is your city. If this is what you want, you can have it. It's not for me. Right. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of where you got to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That's ultimately what happened. But I mean, but, you know, short of not being a, a fit, um, you know, man, I, I, you know, and I can't speak for everyone's careers because everyone's got different careers and, you know, whatever else. But I mean, at least for my, you know, for my career, you know, man, they're just command staff is just all the same. They're all shady. They're all, I mean, I think I've known one, I think I've known one uh, lieutenant who ultimately got promoted to a captain that I could honestly say I knew that guy would have gone to war with me. Um, yeah. But besides that, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'm talking about committing crimes, dude. Like, like, so for example, that the, on my way out, and again, I think a lot of this stuff disappeared because of the things that I was telling the mayor that I knew, that I don't think they knew I knew. Um, you know, for example, uh, you know, they're saying that this, this lateral officer, um, you know, lied about where he was at a certain time or some shit. Well, funny story, legitimately, he did inform a lieutenant where he was. It's via text message. And it was at an airport because he was coming back from vacation, I think it was. And his phone, um, he had switched his phone into airplane mode before the text had sent. So it didn't get sent till actually he landed again. And when he turned his phone back on, it sent. So they're saying there's some sort of like few hour difference or some shit, something dumb. So what they right. did was is they inputted his plate into an LPR camera on the 90 and basically started taking pictures of his truck as he's coming in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Basically doing an investigation and using a system that you cannot use for something like that, unless you have an active IA going, they're using it and basically being like, oh, look at these pictures. And I'm like, hold on. Number one, I'm pretty sure that's against the law. And number two, it's for sure as hell against policy. And so I started, you know, and again, cops that are listening know your fucking policy, because honestly, I feel like that's how I survived this career. Um, so I, boom, I just hopped on and started reading it. 100% flat out violation of policy there i mean there's no going about it the captain <laughs> used his wife who works in hr to do this wow yeah. i mean shady Abuse power shit and you want to talk about having like and, and and i loved and i once i this all came out you know and i waited i waited almost a year well i waited about a year to just let all this stuff come out and it was nice when i was like who's got the power now bitches you know so mm -hmm. You know, they, they didn't like they didn't like that. I knew all these things. And, you know, my my fear is, you know, like because I've got really I've got friends that I mean, pretty much all, everyone that I hung out with is gone. But there they are still a few people that are either on their way out now or that are still there for whatever reason. And my fear is that, you know, they they make one wrong move or say the one wrong thing. And then guess what? They're going to be in the same boat I was. Mm -hmm. And I'm not about it. So. You know, we got some other things in the works to kind of get a lot of this information out as well. That's good. So, so now let's do the positive stuff. You have found an agency that you have told me and Chuck privately 
uh, you feel suits your personality better. So without, yeah, I mean, I'll, we, we won't get into the specifics necessarily, but let's talk about the things you like. You talking about where I'm at now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so realistically, I went Maybe back give to... Maybe fun stories from FTO, because this is now your fourth FTO program. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. <laughs> Poor bastard. It's fucking garbage. It sucks, I, dude. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it does suck. But you know what? When I see those paychecks, I'm like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Right. Um, really good jump, dude. Like, that's fucking night and day. Dude, I'm getting paid more than I was in California. Yeah. Yeah. Starting. I wow. know. <laughs> um. So... So yeah, obviously positives, you know, you have obviously the pay, you got the, the schedule is really, really nice. I feel like I'm off work more than I'm at work. Um, you know, uh, you know, I said, one of the things I said when I first even moved to Idaho, um, while also in the process of just getting hired in Idaho, is like, everyone's fucking weird. Like, just like weird people. Like, and I, I feel like I'm in an agency where I'm back to like, number one, Cali cops. Like, there's a lot of laterals there uh, mm-hmm. from all sorts of places, but everyone's fucking right. normal. Everyone is normal people, which is nice. Because, you know, they're weirdos, but whatever. Um, There's weirdos at every agency. Yeah, for sure. But it's a bigger agency now. So now I have more the weirdos people around. Spread out. <laughs> yeah. More spread out, more people around, more areas. Right. And and this is where I started in, in, in a bigger city. So I feel like I feel like I I mean I never would have left San Fernando per se, but um if if we hadn't moved out of state. Right. Um, but uh and if they hadn't have been go in the same direction of yeah. <clears throat> right yeah um but but realistically i feel like i'm like man you know the second i walked into a bigger agency where i don't where i don't know anyone and people don't know me and you know there's there's a million places to move around i'm just like man this is this is this is what i remember and this is how i enjoy this um besides that i mean it seems and again they could be putting on a fucking great show uh but Right. I mean, I highly doubt it. I mean, considering that I showed up, was, were, were we recording when I spoke about the funeral thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I didn't inquire about any of that stuff. I mean, they just did it for me. Right. They uh, knew where you came from. Yeah. And they took care of you. Yeah. And that's some old school stuff um, that I yeah. feel like don't, don't hear about anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been taken care of throughout the entire process. Uh, you know, I think the laterals are treated very, very differently. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't get treated like a boot. Uh, I've been in a car for a training car for what, maybe yeah, a couple of weeks now, three weeks. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they're literally just saying like, dude, there's, we're not teaching you anything. We just need to get your orientation down a little bit better and then you're, you'll get kicked out. So it's not like they're making me go through this fucking drug out long FTO program because our way is the way type thing. Um, a lot of their stuff is streamlined uh, as far as like their computer systems and how they book people and all that stuff. Super streamlined. Um, yeah, there's so there's it's weird. Is. There's this sweet spot between a small agency that nitpicks and doesn't know what they're doing because they don't have a lot of resources or they they have to constantly reinvent the wheel versus a, a huge ginormous mega agency where it's so big they can't manage it. And then you find this sweet spot where it's a big agency with good resources, but small enough that it's not hard to manage and you can streamline things and you've been mm-hmm. there, you've done that. I have, I have talked to cops that have worked at medium size, I'll call them medium sized agencies in California, where they told me the OIS process when an officer gets involved in a shooting. And I was just floored at how dialed in, like by the numbers, they knew what yeah, they were doing. It is, yeah. 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 And so I think you've, you probably have found that sweet spot, an agency that, I mean, the city you're in is an old, old, old city, right? Yeah, very old. This, this, area, is, this area is very old, but they have been doing this for a long time. They have the experience. They've you know, been there, got the t-shirt kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're benefiting from the fact that they promoted properly, right? They have the right leadership in place. In a lot of these areas. Now, does, that's not to say that there's not still going to be messed up admin in there somewhere. Because yeah, you'll find all no admins admin. You're going to find them. But I, I, I've experienced something similar recently. I've you know I've talked about having a new job, and you go to a place, and all of a sudden they appreciate your experience. They 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 recognize that you know what they're doing. They don't micromanage you. They encourage you. They support you, and they give you the resources you need to do your job. And that's all you ask for. Right. 
Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, and I, and I know every department is going to have their issues. So there's going to be some ups and downs and, you know, that that's totally fine. But, you know, I'm, I'm at a point in my career where I feel like I'm still proactive enough to where this is a good spot where I can, you know, it's busy enough, you know, where there's a lot of radio calls, but there's enough cops to handle them. I can be proactive when I want. And there's enough units for me to look at to be, you know, like, okay, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do now. This is what I want to do now. This is what I want to do. Okay. I want to be a detective. Cool. I'll just take the detective steps. Detective right. Blah, blah. Right. So, um, you're not like waiting, a, waiting for somebody to retire out of a spot for right, a million years. Right. right. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, well, so tell us what's some of the best stuff you've dealt with, uh, since going there. What's the, give us, we, it's war stories. we got to have at least one or two cool stories from getting there. So I work, um, so right now I work our downtown district. Um, so realistically I'm dealing with a bunch of homeless people a lot. Uh, did you request that? No, no, no. Probably Charlie, probably to, Charlie, where do I get to request on training? Like, oh, I would like to do my training in this division. Like <laughs> a wish list. No, no. I don't know how big it is. No, I no. There's one, two, three, four, there's five areas. No. Um, so no. They just basically said you're going to get a bath right away. They, yeah, they, they said, I mean, they basically said that they tried to do, they tried to do their best with, with their, you know, their, the personality that's coming in, they try to pair them with, you know, someone they think you know, it was going to go well, especially with the FTOs. They, they want people to get along and right. you know, just have an easy transition and, and have more of a yeah. mentor rather than a trainer. They don't need to train you. Awesome that they think that way. Yeah. Instead so, of, yeah, we're going to bring this dude in and stick him with somebody who's going to teach him how we do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Close falls, please. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I can't stand. Oh, uh, I just love, I just love that between you and a couple other guys from Cali, their now unofficial policy that I've heard is no more people from Cali. <laughs> No more, literally, no more. Um, yeah. I think they actually just stopped taking laterals. Period. Oh, really? Okay. We're just like we're done. Yeah, we're <laughs> done. Um, we talk too much, apparently. So the I'm trying to think. It was funny. So this kind of, I mean, I guess this isn't like super crazy, but it was kind of funny because I'd never actually seen this in person. Um, and uh, so I'm right. This is like week two, and. Uh, we're in this shithole neighborhood, and I see these two dudes um, smoking dope. They're smoking fentanyl. Like, so basically, the way I kind of describe this is like they're they're standing next to like a I would say like a chest high retaining wall. So they have their face they're facing away from the street, looking at the retaining wall, and I could see the little foily and the little tube in their mouth or whatever fucking straw, and they're hitting the foil. And so I creep up behind them, and me and my FTO get out. And pretty much right when we're pretty much on him, one guy kind of turns around. I, I snatch him up real quick. He grabs the other guy. And my guy's kind of being a little weird, but whatever. I'm able to cuff him up. And as I look to my right, I could tell my FTOs has, he's got the guy. The guy's facing away from him, but he's holding his arms. And he's like, come on, dude, put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. But the guy is stiff. Like, he's not moving. And he's oh. looking straight down. And, and I'm kind of looking at him like, wow, that looks fucking weird. And so even he can probably feel in his body because he's touching him that the guy's not fighting him. Right. Like, something's yeah. off. And rigor. basically, oh, like, it's rigor. He, tries to, he tries to move him a little bit. And the dude's <laughs> ODing. Like, legit, just ODing. Like, he's not dead, but he's ODing. He's ODing. As he put his hands on him, he starts ODing. And the guy just fucking like a statue just falls straight back. Boop. Oh, oh shit standing ODing, standing straight up like a stiff board yeah and i was like that's wild though so anyways I, so that was the the main part of the story was that literally the second he touched him was the moment he started overdosing i think we hit him like with two or three narcans and then ultimately the fire showed up and hit him <laughs> with more i think and then it was so funny like normal if no. he, he fucking comes back he realizes what's going on he basically told us to go fuck ourselves and bounce we just talked about this I, with matt because he he just finished emt school and he was talking about narcan and i mean i'm narcan a bunch of people but but i've never actually seen what an od looks like as it's actually starting to happen wow, which right. is it's a trip yeah it's it's pretty crazy because even in their fucking high state they start to look different it's yeah. it's fucking weird they're Super dying crazy yeah, yeah, for sure. No, they're dying. They're 100% it's, dying. It's, yeah, they're that's right. so weird. You're watching a slow death, and you're like, wait, what? what? I've, I've seen their face death, just start to fucking seen it this slow. Yeah, but the best part about it was when he fell backward, literally me, the guy I was dealing with, and the FTO were all looking at him like, what the fuck just happened? 
Right. Like what? Like almost like had to process it for a sec. Like what? Right. right. Yeah. Oh yeah. He yeah. still got the tutor wow. in his mouth. Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. No shit. He still had it in his mouth. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, other, other, I mean, other than, I mean, I'm trying to think like, I mean, it's, and I want people to picture like downtown there's elevated like train tracks, there's brick and rusty steel yeah. and there's old factories and like, looks like gone. It, 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 yeah. No, it's almost like a mini Detroit. Um, like, yeah, I can see that in some areas for yeah, sure. I can see that some really old, old neighborhoods where the houses are 120 years old, you know, yeah. and still standing. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's big giant brick building and then it's kind of built up there's part of it that's built up a hill so it's it's a very different environment up here physically uh, than say Southern California would be because Southern California it's a flat grid right a lot of places you go it's just a big flat grid yes and up here it's not like there's you know hills you have to go around and up and elevated train tracks and highways and byways and lakes and rivers that you have to navigate that you just don't in Southern California. So there's a, there's an actual like getting used to the physical environment, I think too. Yes. Was, it, totally was it hard to get used to the streets? Um, well, first of all, a lot of these areas I've never even been to still in my life. So I couldn't tell you where the fuck oh. things are at, but, but I mean the downtown area, actually I probably felt comfortable in about a week and a half. The problem with downtown is that although it's not that big, there's a lot of one ways. So, yes. uh, yeah. So it's never, besides it's a the little one confusing way, that way. Yeah. And then, so besides the one ways, when it gets dark, you don't necessarily have reference points. So like if, it, if it's daytime, I can be, I can look one way and notice there's a hill there. I'm like, okay, that's South. Or if I'm looking around and I see, oh, wait, I could tell there's probably water over there because the river. Okay. That's North. Um, because of the way downtown's positioned. But once night falls, it's pretty easy to get fucking turned around because you can't see around you with big buildings, right? Right. So, um, um, but I, I mean, I feel comfortable now, uh, but but for sure, but for sure, uh, I would say still fucks me up. It would, would be the one ways. Um, you're yeah. like, fuck. I, I was like, I know I'm here, but then I'm like, shit, now I got to go a few more blocks to get on another one way to come back to get on the other side of the street. It's fucked. Well, you know you're in a city that's going to have a hood when you have a street named Division. Right. You always and, know that. Right. And Martin Luther King Boulevard. And so oh, yeah. do you have an MLK? Yeah. Oh, you do have an MLK. OK. Is it uh, yeah, is it on the south end? It is. <laughs> OK. How is the south end? Yeah. So I would say, you know, what's funny is to me, the south end, I mean, for sure, has its shitty areas uh -huh. uh, and looks shitty. Uh -huh. But the northwest portion of the city is fucking busy. It's super yeah. weird. All right, Super so we've got an outlier. It's always the south end until it's the northwest, apparently. Yeah, I feel like I just feel like on the northwest end is just where it's well, that's that's leaning towards up. Seattle, right? So, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense, right? Yeah, but the South Hill, you know, it's pretty nice. The South Hill has got some baller homes. In it. I mean, just oh, yeah, gorgeous, it's a beautiful area for sure. Like, there are some really pretty areas where you work. I've been out there, but again, there's a reason why the people that don't live there call it. It, it rhymes with Anistan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I've heard rhymes with Ompton too, right? Like, yeah, that's true. It, oh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, really? the, so for the first time last night, because I've never actually worked in an area where I had to let cars run. And so because the pursuit policies in the state are so strict for the most part, mm -hmm. um, for the first time ever in my career, I literally got behind a car for a dude that was wanted for a crime um, and car just took off. And literally, I turned my lights off and I watched him sail away. And that was it. How'd and you feel? Like, oh, my gosh. So there's zero pursuit policy. It's not zero. No, it's not zero. It's it, one. <laughs> yeah. So like it's only murders. Murders. <laughs> you call, yeah. They call them bark crimes. So like. So besides murder, murder, clearly murder is a thing you can chase. Right. Um, burglary, first and second degree, arson, first and second right. degree, robbery, first degree, okay. um, kidnapping, uh, extortion, I think is one of them. Extortion, first degree or some shit like that. Um, you have to have a clearly articulable 
heinous, yeah. violent, like yeah. real time to chase people. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, which again, I look, I'm actually not opposed to that at all. Sure. Uh, because, you know, why risk you know, family getting fucking schmuck right. over a theft? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm, so, I get it. Where my, when it comes to that, where my issue lies is like, if it's three o'clock in the morning and there's no fucking buddy on the road, chase that shit till the wheels fall off. Fuck it. Right. So if it's a warrant for like burglary or robbery, you still can't chase it because he's a known suspect and you know where he lives. No, we could chase if it. It's so a, if, it's, if it's a oh. warrant, if it's an op- like if it's an actual arrest warrant for those charges, we oh, can chase good? that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, sounds like you're happy where you're at. We, we're glad you came back to check in. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just stoked that, well, first of all, I'm stoked that we're still hanging out. We got to go hunting. Uh, we're fine. John and I are finding time to go hunting this season together. Uh, Charlie, get up here so we can start going hunting. Let's go. I know. And it's also nice to have somebody to watch hockey games with, even though you can't watch one tonight with me. Uh, so I, selfishly, I'm just tonight? what's that? Is the Kings game on tonight? There it is. Oh, I watched work, one the other. I, wa- I watched, huh? You're working tonight, so yeah, I have Bar Patrol because of Halloween. Bar Patrol. Fuck yeah, awesome. dude. Tell me how that is, because that's got to be fucking epic. It's <laughs> dude. Right on. right on. And do you get to wear the pajamas, the jumpsuit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. This is, okay, cool. so this is, this is the thing I learned up here where I was like, that would have been cool. They have jumpsuits that look like uniforms from a distance. Then you get a little bit closer and you realize, oh, it's got a bunch of utility pockets, but it still kind of looks like a uniform. And then you get even closer and you realize it's it's a legit like jumpsuit and they come in different weights. There's like the lightweight summer version, there's the midweight fall version, and then there's the heavyweight winter version. So comfortable. The tactical flight and suit. Every, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody that wears them up here swears by them and I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. They're fucking yeah. so comfortable. Yeah. So I used to see my dad's blue suit on CHP and I was like, fuck, I want to wear that. It looks like pajamas. You get to go. But those were those, the coveralls. Fuck these are yeah, better, dude. These, those not, oh, they're not even the coveralls. These are like, these are like uniform material. It's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Miss fight, too. Anyway. Well, uh, we're closing out today. Um, and I know we, we normally do a dedication. John, uh, I think we kind of stole your dedication by doing it last week. No. Uh, okay. But uh, I, I believe, Chuck, you've got a dedication for this week. <clears throat> yes, I, I pulled one. It's uh, Police Officer Chad Swanson. Police officer Chad Swanson was killed in a motorcycle crash on the 405 highway at Del Amo Avenue. While on his way to work at 5.15 a.m., a vehicle struck his department motorcycle after another vehicle was made uh, an unsafe lane change. The impact threw Officer Swanson off his motorcycle. He was transported to Harbor Medical Center, uh, where he died from his injuries. In 2017, despite um, being wounded at the Route 91 Harvest Country Music Festival, he repeatedly ran into the crowd, bringing people to safety. Officer Swanson had served with the Manhattan Beach Police Department for 13 years and previously served at the Hawthorne Police Department. He is survived by his wife and three sons and parents. He was 35 in a 13-year tour. So rest easy, brother. We've got it from here. Um, yeah, it's always a bummer. So we will, we will keep yeah. doing those and paying tribute uh, to our fallen brothers and sisters. Uh, and uh, we also have our normal housekeeping. So, uh, Chuck, why don't you tell people how they, can, how they can support us and how they can reach us? Well, I want to first off, thank you, everyone, for joining us or, and listening to us. Uh, please rate and review us on um, whatever podcast uh, platform you listen to. That's how we grow. That's how we can get out there. We ha- that's the algorithm. So please rate and review us. Hit that like button, subscribe button, the bell, all that uh, fancy stuff. And then uh, please go to our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at War Stories Podcast. You can like and do all that stuff there. You can hit the link in our bio to hit all of the social media stuff, even our website. But our website is www.warstoriesofficial.com. We have some merch up there, so go ahead and grab some of that. That's another way to support us. If you think you have a story you want to share, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. Again, that is booking.warstories at gmail.com, and I can get you booked. We're always looking for veterans, law enforcement, firefighters, medics, but also corrections, dispatchers, and nurses. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us. Give them our email. Thank you. And for all those of you, you that, safe. yeah, and for all those of you that send me the emails by mistake, I just forward them to him. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so just uh, remember that. But uh, 
we will talk to you next week. Uh, remember to tune in for our live shows. Uh, we do our live debriefs, but we also do the locker room live. Uh, we got to have John come on to locker room one night and just pick around and have some good times. Yeah. Uh, but we got the live show. Debrief? Uh, locker room live will is Wednesday nights at 8.30 Pacific time. So if you want to join us for that, just remember to... Uh, keep up, follow us on, if you follow us on YouTube or you follow us on Facebook or you follow us on Twitch, you'll get the notifications when we're going live. But Locker Room is typically Wednesday nights, 8.30 Pacific. So uh, we'll see you then. And until our next episode, come home with your shield or honor.